I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles. The rich and your race. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand Transmission incoming. <laughs> Greetings, space trashlings. Welcome back to another week of space trash. I'm Molly Mulshine. I'm Sarah Armour. And we have so much to talk about this week. So much, so much. Let's start with the freshest and arguably most boring story, I would say, which is Ariana Grande got married to her real estate agent boyfriend, Dalton Graham. Dalton. So I, I mean... I feel for Ariana. I feel like she has been trying to get married with all her might for years. You're so right. That is so true. She's dying to get married. And I think that this guy is sort of like a Pete substitute. Like he looks sort of like Pete. She's got to type these delicate little baby boys. Like yeah. he even looks like, like Big Sean was like a little baby bird. And like this guy is a little baby bird and she's a little baby bird. So right. I mean, I, I feel like she's a little baby bird. And if she has any shot of like any sort of authority, she's, it's got to be someone who like arguably is more feminine than she is. Wow. Very interesting. Okay. Let me guess the astrology behind this. Love. I am going to guess that. I mean, we probably don't even know the, the husband's chart because he's such a sort of non-entity in the celeb world, right? I honestly didn't even look at his chart. I feel like this is all about her and he yeah. is just a stand-in. Like at this point, she just wanted to, I, it just seems like she wants to get married so bad. But also I really enjoy when celebrities marry normies, especially female celebrities. And like, I, I really like that a lot. It does make it seem more real to me, but also the fact that you're saying how she always wanted to be married. So I'm going to guess that her Chiron is in Gemini because she is spending her entire life looking for a partner or at least her entire twenties because the Chiron, as I've learned from you, Sarah, is your ancient wound. I'm so proud of you for knowing about the Chiron, Mom. I love the Chiron. Uh, I'm going to guess that her son is in cancer because she's so emo. Like, she's always talking about <laughs> her relationships and being super public about them. I'm going to guess that there's some strong Leo somewhere because she has such thick hair. But you know what? The hair is fake. The ponytail's fake. So no, I, 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 I take it back. I don't think there's any Leo. Uh, and then I'm just going to guess that she's got some Capricorn in there somewhere because of her very traditional, like you said, urge to get married. So have I gotten oh, any of this right? I'm really impressed. I just want to, I want to give you one more swing at specific. So, so I want to just say you nailed it. She's a Capricorn rising. <gasps> Molly. She's a cancer son. Molly. Oh my gosh. What do you think? If you were going to take a guess and I'll tell you, it's not now, now Gemini and Leo do come into this chart, but her moon is not in any of them. If you were going to guess her moon, take a swing at the moon. Taurus? Not a Taurus. She is a Libra moon. Oh, interesting, interesting. Dying for partnership. Just wants 
a relationship. Libra is dying for relationship, right? Now, you're very smart to guess Gemini and Chiron. Here's why. She is a south node in Gemini. So she comes from uh, the, the sort of expert position of someone who knows how to be in partnership or with their twin or with the mirror. So she is always looking for that. Now, she has her Juno, which is the marriage asteroid conjunct, meaning in the same place as her Chiron in Leo. And I think that the way that you can think of that, aside from what I'll tell you about marriage in a minute, is that it's, it's thick, fake, performative hair. So it is thick hair, even if it's fake, but it's for the sake of the show. Yeah, so that, and all think- of her relationships are for the sake of the show. Like when she got engaged to Pete Davidson, I'm not doubting that there was anything fake about that. I think that was a real relationship, but it, it also coincided with an album release. And her announcement that she was engaged to this guy also coincided with a new single. So like, yes, I think that she is a romantic and falls fast and falls hard, but I also think she knows that the, the PR is good and that would be the Leo in her chart, right? Being like, this is a great way to just get attention. And I'm not saying attention in a bad way. I think she's Well, it's the combination of that Leo. So, so her rising in Capricorn means at the end of the day, what is she leading with? Business, public. Mm. She, she was born to be a public figure and she knows the impact of her because, you know, the first house and the seventh house, so like self and relationships, marriage are across from each other. So she knows that when she makes a big choice and, and you know, puts it out there, it is actually more powerful if it's related to her seventh house. So when she, she basically- Her, her uses, business. Right. She uses her seventh house marriages to basically, I mean, it is PR. Like she's using yeah. her relationships to change her public image and to- coordinate album releases and I think that she cares way more about I mean look to be honest Pete was actually two albums she got the first Mm. album out of it and then she got the breakup album out of it the whole seven rings era was all anti-Pete yeah she knows what she's doing in terms of using relationships to to fuel our interest in her and I love her for that now here's my big question about that why is it that it comes, it does come across, in my opinion, very authentic from her, but it doesn't come across as authentic from early Taylor Swift. Like all of her situation, all of her relationships felt fake and PR. Why does it feel so fake and PR when Jennifer Lopez does it? Why is it that Ariana Grande's relationships seem so legit, even though we know that she's using them as a marketing tool at the same time? Well, I mean, let's take a look at Taylor's chart just as comparison real quick, right? So Taylor, I pull up Taylor's chart. Okay, so Taylor, uh, she is a Scorpio rising, right? And her moon is in Cancer. So the issue with Taylor is that as a Scorpio rising, even if we don't know it, we kind of, Scorpio risings are always like a little bit in costume, right? They're kind of like, they're, they're showing up kind of, slinking slinking into the scene and being whatever we want her to be right so but we also, know that you Taylor, always know when a scorpio is faking it well so there we go so so taylor's a scorpio rising not only do we know when she, i mean the issue with taylor is that we know at the end of the day she was a gawky nerd for for the first few albums right and we loved her and it was like romeo take me like she was just begging for a boyfriend so i think when she got successful enough to date whoever she wanted, 
she just wasn't good at masking that she was kind of just using these guys for albums, right? And at the mm. end of the day, too, she's a cancer moon. So she is extremely emo. With that, she, She's a cancer moon. She's a Scorpio rising. I think that Taylor doesn't realize, like, so she's right that she's, like, taking her emotions and turning them into her art. But I do think that, like, because of all of that water, it is a little bit hard for us to believe when she's when she's bullshit right we're kind of like okay taylor you know so why do you think from a non-astrology perspective why do you think we believe ariana so much more because i really don't i think it's because her relationships actually make no sense and she doesn't date (laughs) up it's because she doesn't date up like pete davidson she plucked from a crowd of like random ass guys that wait in line at supreme and she put him on the map and now he's exclusively dated hotties since then like if she it's never really when she dated big sean maybe that was the only time that it was like she was dating someone maybe a little more famous than her or famous in a different way sure Uh, and it helped her pr but all the other guys she's dated are just so random and i think that's why because when taylor swift dates you know jake gyllenhaal john mayer harry styles like Calvin Harris, it out always, of her league. It always feels focus grouped. I agree completely. And I, I, so I, yeah, I think Ariana's commitment to dating nobodies is very charming and it makes it seem authentic. I also think that in terms of, how do I want to put it? Ariana, we're talking about two bodiless women here, okay? But Ariana does seem sensual right ariana mm. has a and the little ponytail it's very hot ariana is very hot you can tell she's into sex she's alluding to sex in a lot of her music side to side we weren't talking about the spin bike even though that was a big spin bike song okay yeah. big spin class song so i think ariana we actually believe is boy crazy and does, and she also is in these relationships for a really long time. So it's not like she's bouncing around from boyfriend to boyfriend. So she's doing the same thing and that she's kind of capitalizing on her romances, but she's not really, she's, she doesn't seem like, she seems like she likes to fuck. Like it yeah. seems like she genuinely wants that kind of relationship, right? Or she wants like commitment. She wants to be connected. Taylor Taylor I mean, can't even dance to save her life. Words out of my mouth. You know, they say like, right, how you dance, like will illustrate like how good you are in bed. Taylor is such a gawky dork. She is paying people to date her. Those albums, I thought she was so much better when she was writing from the place of fantasizing about having a boyfriend, but being <gasps> that sort of skinny little Gumby nerd versus when she's actually like, I'm a hot girl and you can break my heart, but you can't break my heart. And it's like, Taylor, <laughs> like you seem, she seems like such a cold, uh, sexless, she just seems like a, a frigid bitch to me. Like, I feel like Taylor is the type to like say she's in relationships with these guys and like be seen out in public, call the paparazzi on herself, but then low key, like sleep in different bedrooms while on that vacation. Like, I don't really see her being erotic at all. She literally can't move her body at all. She can't move her hips. She's so awkward. I'm so not attracted. I'm so not a Swifty, you know, like I can't yeah. believe the hype that she gets because every time I listen to her music, it actually, it's almost like anti-sex music. Like, mm-hmm. whereas Ariana, you could put it on and fuck. You know, and she has all those, especially the post Pete or even like sweetener. Like Ariana is making music about fucking for fucking makeup breakup. I mean, she's been in the throes of these, of these passionate romances. And, you know, I think that especially with Mac, 
I think they were having great sex. I think Ariana yeah. loves to fuck. I think she's great in bed and she can move. I just, I feel like it doesn't even seem like Taylor likes men. Yeah, she doesn't seem like she, I, yeah, I, I agree. What do you think is going to happen with Ariana and Dalton Graham based on uh, astrology? Based on the astrology, here's what I know about Ariana's chart. When you have your Chiron and your Juno conjunct in the seventh house, in Leo, right, she, her wound is in marriage, love, relationships. And then her moon being in Libra in the ninth house, I think we've got a couple of marriages on our hand here. And I think eventually she will settle down with someone for real, for real, but I don't think it's Dalton. I think Dalton is kind of a Band-Aid, you know, like Mac Miller, dead, Pete Davidson got a few albums out of it, but kind of an embarrassment. Like that whole thing really was, everyone was saying what it was and we were right. Bummer, right? I think she wants to prove to everyone that she is ready for marriage and that she does really fall in love and it is real. I give them one year. I think exactly one year from now, mark my words, March 17th, 2022, we will hear about this divorce because the nodes are going to be moving out of um, Sagittarius and Gemini into uh, Scorpio and Taurus. And she has an exact opposition between Pluto in Scorpio mm. and Taurus with her Venus in Taurus in the fourth house. So I think when the nodes cross these points, we'll just, I think we're going to see her first divorce. Uh, okay. From my PR perspective, I agree with you. I think this is, yeah, like sort of a, it is a band-aid relationship and it is like J-Lo being seen with Ben Affleck in order to show that she can, she's still desirable. Like Ariana no, Grande. This is like Ariana's Mark Anthony. Yes, yes, yes. I think she might want to get a kid out of it, but I still am not fully convinced because I don't know if she wants to have a kid yet. I feel like her career is firing on all cylinders still. Not as hot as it was during Sweetener, but it's definitely, especially with things opening back up again, now is not the time for someone whose main source of income is touring to be having a kid. So yeah, I, I think it's going to be short-lived. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. And she's going to come out of it um, in a new phase of her career. I think yeah, I think we got exactly one year and then we're going to get a, we're going to get a, a newlywed album. We're going to get a divorce album. And then past that, we'll have to see what happens. I think her career will take a, I think maybe she could get back into acting. Like I think she, I think post-divorce, she could have like a, another, like an, another phase, meaning like either back to acting or something right. else that we are like, whoa, she does that too. Like she is a mega talent. Let me be clear. I think yeah. she is massively talented, but I think that she needs this divorce to, or she needs this marriage and then subsequent divorce to, um, I think, finish this troubled relationship narrative that she has going on. Yeah. But now that you bring up the acting, there were so many blind items last year about her trying to get into comedy acting. And that dovetails really nicely with having a kid because having doing movie acting is so good for having young kids who aren't in school yet because you can right. just prop them up with a nanny and then like you can move them to wherever this film is shooting and be done with it. So actually, yeah, now I revoke my statement that she's not going to have a kid. I think she's not going to be touring anytime soon or she'll tour on this new album and that's it. And then that's going to be her trajectory. She's going to go movie acting, kid, maybe two kids. Then she's going to have a brand new imperial era of music. And I'm going to put this out there. 
I think it's I think it's two kids. I think it's twins. I think it's a surrogate. I don't think she's gonna oh, want. Yeah. I don't think her body can even handle a pregnancy. She is baby bird vibes. She's tiny. She is baby bird. I think, and I think she's not gonna want to. I think surrogate twins, her her children, her and Dalton's children. But I, that's that's my guess. Surrogate twins within the year divorce. Okay, mm-hmm. I I disagree with surrogate because. I think she is Italian and Italian just give me fertile vibes. That's that's actually fair. That's fair. Yeah. And I think the babies will be literally the size of a thimble. So <laughs> Right, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> I also want to say how funny that like, you know, in in the era where we like don't want to make gross generalizations, we're like, that's right, Italian gonna have a natural baby. But I, I know what you mean and I, I tend to agree actually. I yeah, we grew up in New Jersey. We know the Italians. The Italians all have childbearing hips. Like sorry. Yes. Yes. All right, let's move on to my favorite story of the week, which was Chrissy Teigen finally getting called out for bullying the crap out of Courtney Stodden. So in case anybody, this was sort of a last week story, but Chrissy Teigen repeatedly was telling Courtney Stodden to take a dirt nap, kill herself. She was tweeting that Lindsay Lohan is slitting her wrists whenever she looks at Emma Stone. She's tweeted nasty things about Quivenjane Wallace, the little girl from Beasts of the Southern Wild. That's right. Yeah. What a what a low blow. Really, a child. Not, the, a child who like is an award winning black child actress. Yeah. If you are like, is there nothing sacred? Like, I feel yeah. like that is truly classless. Yeah, and she was saying she felt she was smug at the Oscars. It's like this little girl is nominated for an Oscar. Like, now here's the thing. can't even be smug. Right, exactly. And I feel like that's such coded racism as well. It's totally. like, oh, this little girl thinks she's better than me. And it's like, well, maybe she is. Like, why shouldn't she be smug? She's a, getting an Oscar. And she's also not smug. She's a kid. Well, and I think the real rich issue is like, you know, if, we, if we've all done enough therapy, we know about projecting. It's like, actually, Chrissy, you think this little kid is better than you. Right. Like, for you to even be focusing on all of these people who, for the most part, are underdogs in whatever way, for you to take anything either personally is insane but then also and for you to make it about you is insane for you to even have a comment is insane it's like if no one is bringing these things up with you if you're not being asked for you to just like put information about there that's damning to other people but especially when you're like she was smug to me or she thinks she's better than me it's like no chrissy you think she's better than you right and that's the yeah and the thing is she wasn't even just tweeting this nasty stuff at courtney stodden she was dming her telling her to kill herself like oh my god that's okay, actually wait. like a federal crime if she i was just gonna herself. say that's like did you watch that documentary on hbo about the girl that encouraged the the boyfriend to kill herself like oh, yeah, I heard of it, though. yeah it's literally a federal crime like you actually can't uh, coerce someone to their death. Like, it, yeah. it, that makes you a, 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 a participant. That makes you, like, manslaughter too or whatever. I made yeah, that up. Yeah. I don't know about the actual the actual uh, legal name for it, but it's really not allowed. And it's really not, it's really so low class. Yeah. Chrissy also, um, oh my God, nine hours ago, her cookware was pulled from the Macy's website. Ooh, oops. This is the other thing. She, she even was so obsessed with Courtney Stodden that there's a reference to her, a nasty reference to her in one of her recipes in her cookbook. You're kidding me. God, I would love to find that. I got Randy the cookbook one year for Christmas. I should go and check it because, uh, wow. Wow. What? Okay. So here's, before we get into the astrology, 
I also, I just want to say real quick before we, before we go on, I understand the edge Lord tendencies that Chrissy Teigen had. Like, and we were all doing these edgelord jokes in the late 2000s. Wait, this what was is like, edgelord? It's like just trying to be super edgy. Like an open oh, mic comment right, right. like doing super edgy jokes and it's not even actually funny. Mm-hmm. So I understand the impulse to be an edge edgelord. I am one myself sometimes. Like I just say dark shit sometimes trying to be funny. And I'm sure mm-hmm. I've cl- crossed the line on many occasions. The difference is I don't then also like loudly proclaim that I'm being bullied and victimized when I also know that I like whenever I've had and I have like Piers Morgan like sent all of his followers after me this time last year like Mm -hmm. I've had so many different instances as a journalist and just as a person on the internet where people have trolled me and I don't care because I'm like it's fake and it's people on the computer like it doesn't matter so like I feel like Chrissy making it this huge storyline for herself that she's this martyr because everybody's so mean to her on Twitter and being like I'm quitting Twitter because it's so mean when she has this in her past that's what bothers me about it it's just so hypocritical and it just shows me that like she is she has no real moral code beyond what is going to get me the most likes and faves. Yeah. There's a real, a real lack of awareness that shocks me. Yeah. Um, and I guess like what I want to know from your perspective, and then we can get into the astrology, but like why Courtney Stodden? Like, why do you think Chrissy was so bothered? I mean, for whatever you want to say about Courtney Stodden, this is obviously a girl who has been abused. This is obviously someone who's like confused. She's getting married at 15 to a 60 year old. Like she's been groomed. She's been messed with. Like, can't we just leave well enough alone? Like, why does Chrissy care? Like, like for, for her, to, it's one thing to tweet and write, try to be an ad or making jokes, but to actually take it to the DMs. Yeah crazy. I think it's just internalized misogyny. I really think that's it. And like back then, that's what everyone was doing. Like the way people were mean to Britney Spears, like everyone, like I made a TikTok about Britney Spears, about Demi Lovato that got a lot of views and a lot of comments. And I was saying like, you know, we were so mean to Britney Spears and now we're doing the same thing to Demi Lovato. And everyone was like, well, we didn't have real reasons to be mad at Britney Spears. And I'm like, yeah, but we thought we did. People thought that it was a righteous cause to say she's a bad role model. She's a bad mother. Right. Squandering her fame. Like people really thought there was some moral issue going on with Britney Spears, even though there really wasn't. And it was none of our business if she was a bad mother, which we don't have proof that she was. But like, all of our mothers were bad mothers. <laughs> right. People full on felt like this was a righteous cause. And I think that is what was going on with Chrissy and Courtney. I think she was like, this represents the decay of society. Like this girl's a floozy. She's a bimbo. She's getting all this unearned money because she's marrying this older rich guy. It was like that kind of thought. And now we've changed our thought process. Process. And I don't blame anyone who back in the 2000s thought that way because that's what all of society thought. But like, yeah, she took it to a different level and never apologized and just made herself a social media victim with, without ever looking at what she had done. Do you want to hear? I found what she wrote in her Target cookbook. Oh my God, you read my mind. God, you're yeah. a good journalist. Lay it on me. So she, she wrote, to me, corn and scallops go together like Courtney Stodden and brown urine. I have no idea what that means, but she looks like she would have stinky pee. Like, I, I'm, I'm floored. That's I'm like, floored. She published that. Also, what, what publisher was like, yeah, keep that in funny. Like, 
Wow. Is everybody losing their minds? Like how, how could you have such little class that you would think that that is a good one? That's not even edgelord. That's just like taking a shot at a, that's like victim. That's like victim shaming. Yeah. Nobody that watched the Courtney Stoddard, Doug Hutchinson wedding experience, whatever, felt that she was in her right mind. Like yeah. she was literally 15 and getting plastic surgery and marrying a grandpa. I mean, it's not like this is someone who's like high on life and just, and she wasn't doing anything to hurt anybody. And it, it also is so crazy that we take it out on, if anything, if you want to have a problem with this marriage, that on Doug. He yeah. groomed a child and had a child bride. She had to get, they had to sign off on the marriage because she was a little baby. She was younger than Aaliyah. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, like we are, t- we, and maybe it was just the times, but for us to be so focused on the women in these cases and not the men is so pathetic. And for Chrissy to stoop so low yeah. as to, and even, can you imagine writing a cookbook and preferring to um, dis- a little girl forevermore in print, but the, 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 like, what is it? The, uh, the pay not the payoff, the price mm. is that you have a cookbook that says brown urine in it. What, <laughs> so true. Would you ever want to associate your recipes and the things that you're telling people to eat with brown urine? I know what that's so brown true. Urine? On my worst day, my urine is highlighter yellow. I have never had brown urine in my life. Yeah. The other thing that really bothers me about this is, you know, the way that actors talk shit about the Kardashians, where I'm like, wait, are you, I'm sorry, uh, John Hamm, are you a brain surgeon and I missed the memo? Because I'm pretty sure your job is just as stupid as a reality star. Like, why are we pretending we're better than them? And then with Chrissy Teigen, it's like, why are you better than Courtney Stodden? Is it because you waited until you were 20 in your late 20s to marry a guy who was richer than you? Is it because you pose in bikinis for money instead of like just posing on Instagram for money? It's like, what's the difference here? Why do you feel like you have the moral high ground over this girl it's it's apples to apples you guys not to mention if you oh sorry go ahead i didn't mean to interrupt no just they're doing the same thing in society and i'm not looking down on either of them but it's like if chrissy's gonna start looking down on someone i'm like wait let's examine this because last i checked you weren't mother Teresa either like you also have an incredibly superfluous frivolous job as do i right well and also if i remember correctly the chrissy teigen john legend love story isn't actually that romantic she basically he, she was one of the girls he was hooking up with and she basically like, like side chicked her way into the main chick. She like just waited and she kept giving him ultimatums and he wasn't, he didn't want to marry her. And then eventually he came around, but that whole album where he's like, sorry, I cheated on you. It's like all, I'm pretty sure it's all about her and how he actually wasn't that into it. He was not, that might be not true, but I'm, 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 I think it is true. And I'm pretty sure that she chased him for years and was like, I'm going to make you my husband. And he was like, nah, nah, I'm not really like looking for a wife. And then eventually she waited him out. And then, and then, you know, you get what you wait, you know, you get what you focus on law of attraction. So she just like made herself the pick, but I don't think that she even had this like incredible romance to write home about. I think she was a side chick that, that waited her turn to become the main piece. I think they do seem to genuinely love each other. I do. I think now they do certainly, but no, I know that they did not have like an incredible story. I know that she 
because they talk about it like she chased him and she waited for him and she was not happy with what he was doing in any way but she was like no i want that kind of husband i want that to be my husband so yeah how is it any different than like yeah it's like where's our line in terms of like what we're judging and what's appropriate and if you're going to judge courtney sodden for anything or not even it's not even judge the fact of the matter is while she was doing this we're talking about a teenager, like an actual teenager. You know what I think it might be that really ruffled Chrissy's feathers so much? That Courtney was able to land the guy within like six months of meeting him. <laughs> that could be it. Like it's like a weighty Katie, Meghan Markle situation where it's like oh. it took Chrissy like years to get this guy and it took Courtney like one boob job and her mom just pimping her out. And like so I think funny. that's why Chrissy like took it personally that Courtney Stodden became famous. Like that's my armchair psychiatrist. Opinion. I love that. I love that. And I also think that you know, when you listen to interviews with, with Chrissy, we know that she relates to herself as someone with like a funny face and like an ugly face. And to be clear, she also had breast implants. So it's not like she's so above Courtney. Chrissy's like funny because in her mind, she is this like other, like she is this funny faced model. And like, she has like, you know, she's, Filipina and she's not, you know, she's not what everyone thinks of a typical model being like, she sort of, I feel like it's pure jealousy. She wishes that, you know, she was born in Utah. I'm sure that she was one of the only people of color there. I feel like she spent her whole life wishing that she was, for whatever you want to say about Courtney Stodden and whatever plastic surgery she's ever gotten, she is a pretty girl. She is an attractive blonde teenager who also got breast implants and yeah, who then just got married right away and somebody set her life up for her. Now, was it abusive? I'm sure. Was it, was it not ideal? Probably not, but either way to like, I just feel like, wow, we are really seeing what a small person Chrissy Teigen truly is. Yeah. Well, I think like the race stuff actually makes me feel for her more because I'd have no idea what it would be like. You're a pretty little blonde. Well, but I'm not, I'm like a, you know, I wasn't blonde until like three years ago. So I get it. And also all the whole, like, I feel like blonde bimbos in America are like the last thing we're allowed to make fun of. It's like, right, it's like bimbos right. and Karens are like the the last bastion of hatred that we can still have. So Chrissy felt know, justified. She's like, well, this at least is on the table, but it's like, right. no, she's a kid. She felt safe because it's like, no, we all hate these people. Like we mock all, we all mock these women. So like, why shouldn't I? Now, what did you think of her apology? It was garbage. It was garbage. And the, and the reason why, like, it was just bland word salad, nothing. And then Courtney comes out and says, actually, Chrissy didn't try to apologize to me. She has me blocked on every type of social. She's like, I reached out to her and I tried and she didn't respond. No, you blocked her and she's so blocked. And it's just like, Chrissy just comes across as completely delusional. She comes across as really like, you know, the, the Republicans, a lot of, I don't want to say Republicans, it's more like psycho right-wing people right. really hate her. Like the QAnon crowd hates Chrissy Teigen. I don't know why. I think because she endorsed Hillary or whatever. And they all have been saying for years, like she's terrible. She was on Epstein's Island. She Right. That's the thing. I know that she's gotten got for also being, there. there's a group of people that would argue that she's actually also a pedophile. Or that she's yeah, like, she's pro clearly not. Like, let me guess the astrology. Let's okay. play our game. I think that Chrissy has some Gemini prominently in her chart because you told me when we were talking about Chloe Kardashian 
and Kanye, uh, Gemini's love to get into the comments. Mm -hmm. And Chrissy is always arguing with someone. She's always like right before this story broke this week, she was, I think she might be a Libra too, because she likes to pass judgment right before this story (laughs) broke. She was like adjudicating all of these new stories of like Ben Affleck and other stars appearing on Raya and being embarrassed. And she was like, everyone involved in this story is wrong because this, this, and this. And it's like, who are you? Who are you you picking who's wrong? Like, if you're going to say something funny about it, say something funny about it. But being like, here's my ruling. It's like, who do you you think you are? Like, what do you care? And then like three hours later, it comes out that she was telling a child to kill themselves. So I think there's Gemini. I think there's Libra. And I think there is some form of maladjusted Aquarius because <laughs> she seems to think that she, like, I know Aquarius is very like expansive and universal and she just seems to think that she is the judge and jury of the world and that she is in charge of everything and she, her, her, her opinion on everything matters. So am I, did I get any of those right? Well, not in terms of sun, moon rising, but but these these are present in her chart. So in terms of the Gemini energy, she is a Sagittarius sun. So Gemini, you know, they're on the same axis, right? But this will be helpful too, because our next moon rule is Sagittarius. So for your presentation, you want to talk about people that think they're right. Sagittarians, that is the mark of the Sagittarius. Like even an Aquarius wouldn't, wouldn't be that judgmental because they're like kind of don't even have opinions about like earth like that's casey casey's a sagittarius her i mean she so she's a scorpio rising and a sagittarius son like casey um she what now my sister and chrissy taken have the same sun and rising similar but different very different charts but they do have the same sun and rising and and so here's the thing about Sagittarians. Sagittarians are righteous. They care about the truth with a capital T. And even if they're wrong, they cannot accept this. So for Courtney to, I mean, for, for Chrissy to be attacking people left and right, and then taking these completely hypocritical stances, like you can't believe one thing and the other, like they can't simultaneously be true, right? You can't be on your high horse telling people what they're doing wrong. If you're also abusing children via the DMs and telling them to kill themselves, not okay. Right. But a Sagittarius son will, will go down in flames. They will, she will go down dying for her point of view and does not want to hear. They are the most righteous sign right now. Casey does have a saving grace in her chart because she's a Gemini moon. So she kind of can feel out who she's with and change her opinion based on that. It's a little bit more performative for Casey, but Chrissy is uh, a a Scorpio rising, Sag sun, power hungry. She is a bit, you know, Scorpio risings, I always say they're kind of in a little bit of a costume because they kind of, they just want to slink into whatever's going on. And then especially with that Sagittarius sun. So Chrissy feels that it's her like birthright to gain this power and to get into this, the, the power system and then lighten things up with her witty, with her witty humor and her Quote unquote witty, yeah. witty humor and her absolute truths. And it's like, yo dude, you're so wrong. And I think it's interesting because like I was saying before, the nodes, the South node is in Sagittarius now. So 
and everything's coming back to haunt her, right? There's like a wipeout in the chart wherever the south node is. So everyone who has Sagittarius in their chart, wherever you have it, there is a, there's a death happening. There's like a, a shedding that, you know, that's the drain. So everything is going down the drain in the area of Sagittarius so that it can be reborn. So what's interesting is that uh, Chrissy's Lilith is in Gemini across from her son. So the part of her that's in the comment section, aside from this righteous solar energy that feels it's her job to police the internet with her very funny tweets, she, the Lilith energy in Gemini has her being like, there's sort of like a, um, like a fuck the system energy wherever Lilith is in your chart. So she's sort of like, fuck my peers, like fuck the other women. Like she doesn't even, she almost like doesn't see herself. But also like, let me on your private jet to your like sex island. Like right. fuck my peers, right. but also I am, I am so interested in being part of the establishment. Right. All she wants is to be famous and have power. And she doesn't care if it's controversial and she doesn't care who she takes down. I think it's so convenient that she just stopped drinking and what a great ex some astrologer was like you're gonna need to clean up your act you're gonna get busted for all of this stuff so you better stop drinking so that your excuse can be sorry i was drinking oh is that what she's doing yes so in i read something that she wrote about courtney and she she wrote it she made a statement that was like um I am so embarrassed about, so in a second tweet, so the one tweet was like, I messaged her and everything, which is not true. But then she was like, I'm embarrassed about so much of my behavior that happened between these years and this past year, because I was a shell of myself. I was drinking alone and I was, you know, everything I was doing was from this totally alcoholic state. And I'm ashamed of that behavior. Bad timing because we've all been drinking alone for the past year. <laughs> We have percent. Yeah, we can drink and not bully people. So I don't know why you can't, but okay. Yeah. So you said a, a word in passing. You said she polices the internet. And that just sums up. She's a cop. She yes. is a cop. She's acting like she's out here to save the world and be the voice of truth and the voice of reason. The but she's cop. actually just like using force to make people feel like crap. Yeah. She's a cop. And, and also... To your point, though, she so her Mars is in Libra, which sort of surprises me because usually when you see someone with the Mars in Libra, what they want is to like sort of fight to get along or to create balance. But I think because it's in her 11th house, that's the Aquarius house, that's the fame house. I think she's sort of using, I think it's like the combination of that Lilith in Gemini and that, that Mars in Libra where she's like, you know what, I'm going to fight with my peers instead of for them. Wow, that's interesting. And I think... The one thing I do want to say about her is I really like it when she talks about drinking. Like, I think she talks about it in a really relatable way. Like, mm -hmm. she did a cover for, I think it was Women's Health, like, last year or the year before when she was like, I had to quit drinking because I was drinking too much. Mm -hmm. And, like, now I'm drinking again. And I don't know. I just think those are cool conversations to have. I think, like, I sometimes I go without drinking for a few months, once in a while. Just I feel like I need to her. broadcast it. Hey, yeah. everybody. I think, what? <laughs> yeah, but I think it's cool because it's like, you know, we, we have not questioned this stuff for so long. So I think, totally. and it still bears such a stigma. So for her to be like, you know, maybe I have a little bit of a drinking problem, but not necessarily going to quit drinking forever. I'm still figuring it out. Like, I do think that's cool. But so let's wrap this up. What are your predictions on how Chrissy's next year or so is going to play out based on astrology? And then I'll give my PR predictions. I guess I feel like Chrissy is going through a, an ego, uh, an ego death of whatever kind. I, I think that the next like two years for Chrissy are going to be a lot of apologizing. I think that, uh, 
I, I, I'd be interested to see what happens. Like, I maybe like maybe she knows how to use this to her advantage, and maybe she like actually stages some kind of like televised conversation with Courtney Sodden. Like, there might be a way for her to. to I think best case scenario for her, she would face all of the people that she's attacked and abused, and she would actually speak on not in like a snarky way and not in a bullshit I damned her way. Yeah. She, if she was smart. I think she would take the opportunity to really embody the, like she could show us the proper way to apologize. Like cancel culture is a bitch. And I think it's, I don't, I I don't love it. I don't hate it, but I think that it's an opportunity for, like, I think the only way to get uncanceled is to actually face the, the truth and to, Mm. to be a part of the, of the healing of the damage that you caused. So if, if I were her, if I were her PR person, if I were her astrologer, I would say, you know, Chrissy, either you want to get out of the limelight completely for a while, or you need to use the platform that you have to actually show us how to properly apologize and how to properly own, you know, your part in things and talk about your vulnerabilities and where you're coming from and do your part to make it right. Like, I think that she's now been involved in a few too many of these scandals where she's just attacking people or bullying people. And then she is on Epstein Island. So it's like, Chrissy, if we're going to keep hearing from you, we actually need you to, to elevate to the level of the culture. Like she cannot stay in this like low vibration you know, girl versus girl bitch energy and continue to, I don't know. I don't even think John would stand for that. I think they do love each other, but John is a classy man. I think John Legend is one of the classiest celebrities we have out there right now. Mm. And I think that he is probably supportive of her because he loves her, but I, I don't know if he'd be cool with continuing to be with someone. I think when she was bullying people back in the day, she was also kind of getting celebrated for it. And any conversations yes. that they might have had where he was like, you know, Chrissy, this is like a bad look. I think she was like, you don't get it. I'm like a comedian now. And yeah. I'm just a comedian. Comedians can say that stuff. And it's like, dude, let's get real. You put the word brown urine in your cookbook. You have, There's something wrong with you. Yeah. So I think, I think she is going to need to reconcile her girl next door mom chef persona and her shitting on people persona. And I feel like honestly, she, this might harden her. I think this experience is going to harden her. And I think she's going to veer more cynical and she's going to veer more hanging out with billionaires and saying F you to the proletariat. Because Mm. I think she, you know, it's like being the girl next door is clearly not working for her. And she's clearly got some demons below the surface that make it so that she can't really pull off the cookbook without getting in an aside about Courtney and, you know, stuff like that. Also being a squeaky clean girl next door celebrity is freaking hard. You can't have a personality. You can't speak like the best one we have. The best example of that we have is like Kate Middleton and she doesn't speak. Well, and she's like, not allowed to, she's relegated to silence and an image. So right. we have no idea even, or, you know, like Kelly Ripa, Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Reese is a great example. Reese is a great example. People who are just like controversy free, uh, don't really show a ton. I mean, I love Kelly Ripa. She does have, I her- love Kelly Ripa. Kelly Ripa strikes a great balance between being funny and sassy and not being She's not a jerk. She's not a jerk. Yeah. So I think, I think Chrissy is not going to want to put her personality behind closed doors. I think that she is going to, like you said, have a much more public mea culpa moment. I 
thinks you'll probably, I mean, it's so funny that she just deleted Twitter and came back because now is the time for her to delete Twitter. Like, and what an embarrassing thing too, because like, I just feel like it's like all, she's just like a punchline where it's like, I'm stepping away from the platform. And then two weeks later, you're like, I realized you guys are my real friends. It's like, Chrissy, what the hell? Yeah. I want to say though, that Courtney Stodden's chart and how it plays into Chrissy's chart is really interesting. And I would be, I have one other prediction about Chrissy, but if you want to guess Courtney's chart, I know it seems like we're on this for a while, but it might be worth it because it's pretty interesting okay. in terms of their cosmic. They actually, I feel like they pass. Give me, like, your, give me your final, give me your final Chrissy prediction in a nutshell. And then we'll do Courtney in a nutshell. I think Chrissy should do uh, therapy on TV. Wow. And I bet you she would too. I think that might be the only chance. Like she needs to get really insecure and really real and actually lead us in showing us. Like, I feel like her tweets now are never going to be enough. Like she needs to actually kinesthetically change herself. And if she wants to be this public figure, which she certainly does, I think to do it that way would be like the only, and I think she should apologize to people on camp. I think she should actually really do the work. Mm-hmm. and show us and let us in and the only shot she has is to be an example i also think that we could see her do- i could see her donating to like i don't know if she and if she and courtney ended up friends after this based on courtney's chart i wouldn't be shocked and i sort of think they i think that courtney was here to launch chrissy into her demise and then hopefully well, i don't know who cares really but her demise and then and then perhaps her phoenix moment if she's open to it Oh, cool. And I think where Chrissy would really thrive, and you just made me think of this when you said therapy on TV, is a Real Housewives franchise. Okay, yes. yes. That would be the only behavior, the only people that we even accept this kind of trash behavior from are the Real Housewives. That's a great idea. And Chrissy is a complex girl. She is a complex, interesting person. And like I said, the goody-goody routine is not for her. And if we could watch her being sort of in this villain mode, but understanding where she's coming from, seeing the trauma that's causing her to maybe act out against her peers sometimes, I think that is like the most incredible uh, outlet for her and it would help bring her back. That is, I don't know if she'll do it because it is beneath John Legend's status. Like everything she does is beneath him. Like he, I'm shocked that he's even like stood for this behavior for so long because he really does seem like such a a lovely person. A class act. I, I like him so much. Yeah. So I, I would really like, I've never been a fan of Chrissy Teigen. I've made no uh, bones about Same. it because I do find it. I just always, I knew I had seen her mean tweets before and I found it really hypocritical that at the same time she was doing this, like, woe is me. People are being mean to me on the internet thing. That's what kills me. If you said some nasty things 10, 15 years ago and you're not like that anymore, honestly, fair enough. But like to then be like playing both sides of the fence on your high horse about everybody else in the world and like being in victim mode. That's what I can't stand. But and then she's still lying. Like how embarrassing yeah. to be like, I reached out to Courtney. Um, no, you're still blocked. Or yeah. You still but, have her blocked. but if she can truly plumb the depths and come back in her full, complicated, messy glory, I think that's the best move for her. 
And I do think it's possible because as a Scorpio rising, she can, her image can die and be reborn. Um, that's like the benefit of Scorpio risings. Like yeah. Scorpio is the sign of death and rebirth. So she's allowed to have a few different lives in terms of like her public persona. So I, I want to say like universe, if you're listening, we want to see Chrissy on housewives. We want Ooh. Chrissy on housewives. We want her to be complicated. We don't want this goody two shoes cookbook shit. Wait, I just had a thought. I'm just going to like throw this out here. What if she was the birth of a new Housewives franchise and it wasn't, you know how there was like the basketball wives? Like maybe instead of, so as to not go lower than John, what if it was actually like, like, you know, real Housewives of like, you know, Grammy, like real housewives of musicians or real yeah. housewives of like, I don't know. If, again, I don't think John's I feel a like real housewives is prestige now. That is the most prestige yeah. one at this point. Like, right. you know, like there's Bethany, there's everyone. I, let's, that's my, that's my new prediction. She's going to go on housewives. I love this. So tell me this. like super quickly and then we'll move on. What, how does Courtney's chart work in with hers? Okay. So Courtney is a Sagittarius rising meeting with Chrissy's son. Okay. So Courtney's rising and Chrissy's ego, her costume and her ego are, are connected. Okay. Courtney is a Gemini moon, which is triggering Chrissy's Lilith. So, so she actually started acting like this jerk to this, like she was like attacking this girl's soul. And I think it's because she sort of, I I don't know. I think that's an interesting sort of parallel like she triggered her her courtney's emotionality triggered yes. chrissy's wound in some and way. courtney's duality right because gemini's duality so so courtney's rising and courtney's rising hit chrissy's ego courtney's moon her soul hit chrissy's lilith so kind of brought out this witch in her and then we have um uh courtney's son is in virgo right on Chrissy's midheaven, her legacy, and we have Courtney's midheaven in Libra and her Venus in Libra exactly conjunct, meaning in the same place as Chrissy's Mars. So when you see Mars conjunct someone's anything, really, it means that like that they trigger you. So, so Courtney being in public, Venus getting married at such a young age triggered Chrissy Mm. into her worst behavior. Wow. That makes total sense. And that's what we said. That's like, oh, that's crazy. And you know, I also want to make it clear of like there, but for the grace of God, go I, because no, I've never told anyone to kill themselves, but I've definitely been triggered by people who were like getting married effortlessly and like getting public attention effortlessly. Like we, we all do it. We're all on a spectrum of success and notoriety. And, and honestly, I have told almost every boyfriend that I've ever felt betrayed or wronged by to kill themselves. So I'm not above it either. I'm not above it either. Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's get back to this, this story, this next story didn't get that much attention this week, but I found it really fascinating. So Ellen, you know, her show is leaving the air and she has said that the root of all of this backlash was misogyny. And I see you rolling your eyes, but I agree. Here's the thing. Okay, so the one job that I ever almost got was with the Ellen Show. When I left Amy Schumer's apartment, seven thousand jobs. What do you mean the one job? You were a real estate agent. You were a dog. Oh, no, I know. I don't mean that. I just mean like 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 professional writing job. Okay, okay. That was the one packet I ever did, and I had Nick Mullen do it for me. I literally couldn't even do it, and then they like took his ideas. Like I really couldn't do it. <laughs> 
Amy Schumer set me up with the producers of Ellen after I lived in her apartment, and I thought it was like a layup. And then I panicked. I couldn't write the I couldn't write the packet, and I did everything. I and then I finally got it to them, and then I didn't get the job, and I was like heartbroken, right? And at that time, also, I was you're too funny for that show. You know, I guess they thought life coach, like it might be, I don't know, I have ideas about like how to be nice to the people in public. I'm not sure. But I will tell you that this was in 2014, 14 or 15, 14, I think. And when I didn't get that job, I was very upset about it. It was one of those things. It was, I didn't really understand how the industry worked yet. So I actually thought that I was getting like grandfathered in by Amy Schumer. Turns out that's not how it works. She just introduced me to the guy. Ha ha ha. My Mm -hmm. bad. But I kind of did tell people before I got rejected that like, that's what I was doing next. Right. So then when I didn't get the job, I had to like follow up with people and be like, actually, I didn't get it. And everybody, all the professional comedians that I spoke to about not getting this job with Ellen, every single one of them was like, you're better off. Whoa. You're better off. She's a monster. They, I, I heard so many things about her for all of these years that, you know, there's like, you have to sign. I, I knew someone that actually worked there. She said that when you start working there, you had to sign a contract that said you would never even try to make eye contact with Ellen. You're not allowed to make eye contact with her. Right. She apparently, allegedly, according to people I spoke to years ago, is an abusive, toxic monster. I also think that the way that she, I don't think it's a coincidence either that like over the past few years, we've seen a lot of, you know, she like pranks everybody on her show, but like she made Savannah Guthrie cry. Like she's literally making people cry. She's actually hitting people where it hurts. It's so sadistic. So sadistic. Like, no, she's sadistic. And so and then, like, even, like, the Dakota Johnson clip where she's like, you know, you didn't invite me to your wedding. And Dakota's like, actually, I did. Yeah. She is out of – I think Ellen is out of her mind. I think that she is I, – I, and I love Ellen for the things I love her for. I actually think her stand-up specials are phenomenal. I yeah. think she's so brave to be the first gay sitcom star and to come out in the way and in the time that she did. So I am not knocking – her achievements and comedian to comedian. She's one of the greats. That being said, I think that she was absolutely abusive. I, I think if any, if if there's any misogyny to it, it's only that um, we let these men, I mean, Josh, Josh Whedon still had, he has a new show on HBO. Nobody's not working for him. And he got super, he got super in trouble for abusing everybody on his Buffy staff. So I think the fact that Ellen, but, but I don't see it as misogyny. No, I think while, while cancer, cancel culture is taking out the Scott Rudins and the abusive, uh, the, the abusive bosses, I think she counts as one of them. And I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner. Now yeah, I will say, I don't know. have been on the street for a long time. The word's been on the street that she was nasty. Like anyone who's even like remotely connected to the industry has been like hearing about it. I feel like so like, many people were like, you're better off. Trust me. Like you would have hated yeah. working there. She would have like, you would have quit. It's so horrible because I'm such a like sweetie. Like I really don't handle, unless I'm the abuser, I really <laughs> can't handle like, Unless unless you're fucking me, you cannot abuse me. Like I will be out, right? <laughs> so so I like when you know you like like literally over ten people that I personally know that are comedians that we know that are way more successful. Than us, we're like, oh my god, she's a monster. Yeah. You know, and you have to sign NDAs about her office behavior. She throws things. No, she's a Scott Rudin. She she's a jerk. Yeah. So here's the thing. I this is why I do think that it is rooted in misogyny 
and maybe there's something in my chart that explains why I don't think Ellen is abusive and I feel like it's not fair. I just think if she was a guy, no one would care. I really just do. Like Scott Rudin. That's also, probably true. There was yeah. an expose about Scott Rudin with, what, what was it, WikiLeaks or something? They had these abusive emails from Scott Rudin like five, ten years ago and no one oh. cared. And like he's still going to be producing stuff. Like but Ellen's still going to have a career. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but I just the question so- that I have is how did this how did this come about like is she getting fired because like these rumors have been on the street mm-hmm. this whole time so it's not like this is like new information that we're finding out so what do you know what it was that actually led to this stepping down uh it was just a big expose because of the rumors there was a big story i forget who broke it but yeah it was just finally someone did all the reporting and found all the facts and talked to all the people and i think she was planning on retiring soon anyway so now she's just like i don't want to deal with this anymore everyone hates me and i'm just done and i feel bad about that and i also think her career is not over her career is not she's gonna be fine i think she's just a very misanthropic person i think she like low-key hates people and she, she absolutely does. Yes. If you look at her show and the pranks as a sort of performance art and like a wink and a nudge at how much she fucking hates everyone. It's kind of hilarious. And like not defending anyone who was below her, who she treated badly, not defending the fact that she clearly still doesn't get it because she still says, even in this most recent interview, she's like, everyone who came to the show loved it. And it's like, yeah, because you're nice to the celebrities. Like if you watch her comedians and cars getting coffee with Seinfeld, she's a fucking miserable and it's funny so well, i'm the like issue is, though is that she's been the issue is is that she should have been that that should have been the show the yes. problem is, is that she's selling this persona of like be nice the whole motto of the show is like be kind and that's be annoying nice. and i hate that and she's not kind or nice and so i think that that's sort of a i think really what we're seeing is like yeah if she had actually just been off the, right i agree that it's funny for her to be a jerk if she was selling that she was a jerk but selling that she's this like you know philanthropic be nice like joyful silly dancing goofball yeah i also think she i also think she had to do that because she's gay i think that Mm -hmm. in order for her to re-enter the public sphere she had to like completely defang herself and be like oh, I'm just like a fun, goofy aunt. Like I am totally sexless. I am really nice. Like those rumors that that they've had for years that lesbians are like shrewish witches, they're not true. And she had to do that in order to maintain Mm -hmm. her career. So I have sympathy for that. Mm -hmm. And like- I feel that. I don't know the trauma that it was for her. I'm truly a fan. I'm truly, I want to say I'm a fan of Ellen. Yeah. But I do think she has been abusing everybody on her staff this entire time. Yeah, for sure. And that sucks. I think that like the comeback for her, my PR prediction, my celebrity journalism prediction is she's going to come back with a show that explores that darkness a little bit more. She's going to maybe a late night show, maybe like Netflix or Amazon Prime will give her um, a late night vibe sort of show where she actually is her true self because mm. she could have, she has so much money. She could have quit this show years ago. And I think that speaks to the fact that she does want to be on our TVs every day. She does. She does. Yeah. So what do you, what's the astrology behind this? What in her chart makes you, well, you be next first, do you want to guess her sun, moon rising? Because I'm curious and I, I trigger warning, but would you want to guess her sun, moon rising? Oh God. Is it the same as me? Not totally, but... Okay, is she a Capricorn sun? No. 
Is she Cap? She's Capricorn something else. Yes, but you guys have the same rising. Oh, so she's a Pisces rising. Pisces rising. Wow, that's interesting. And I think she's got to have some form of maladjusted Capricorn because <laughs> she lorded her status over everyone in the area. Like mm-hmm. in her head, everybody in a 10 foot radius, she was mentally doing the coordinates of what is their status compared to me and treating totally. them accordingly. And that is, a, I've done that before, like in a Capricorn way. Like yeah. I've had to say to myself, like, Oh my God, like just like not treating people badly because of their status, but like I do the math in my head and I'm like, well, how much does this person matter? And then I'm like, no, bad, stop. Like, what matters? It's terrible, you know? So I I would think she would have some Capricorn in there. The Pisces rising uh, is, is surprising to me just because. I feel like my Pisces rising is what makes me less severe. Yeah, it's, your, it's what softens you. But see, Pisces can go both ways. Pisces sort of represents slavery in a lot of ways because either you're like a slave to spirit and you're all loving and it's Christ consciousness and it's art and it's music and it's highest love. Or when you look at it from the, the shadow zone, it's like addiction, like dependency on something or s- such a nebulous energy that you just need to either control something or to be controlled by something. So you, your Pisces rising is like why we have great merch now. Everybody buy it. Like you use oh, your yeah, our merch. Rising. We didn't even talk about it. Everybody buy our merch. It's, it's so just, cute. And also like, LOL, Demi Lovato. We have a sweatshirt now for you. Okay. Yes. And, and a hat. But um, it's like, so, so the fact that she's a Pisces rising. So it, it really is interesting because like on the one hand, her show is all about like highest love and like loving all people and being so silly and pretty and whatever. But deep down, there is a bit of a, you know, anger, anger and attachment and, and feeling like she doesn't fit in and feeling like she's not of this world. So I could see her being a bit of a, a slave driver in mm-hmm. order to maintain that sense of control. You know, and then can I guess a third thing? I think she's got some prominent Gemini or Libra because I think with Libra, she's doing a little, you know, in my moon, you will Libra presentation, I found there were a lot of evil Libras and it's because <laughs> a maladjusted Libra can convince themselves of anything. So I feel like she could be equivocating and being like, well, I'm employing these people. So of course I can treat them like crap or with the Gemini. I feel like that can be a similar sort of energy where you're just like, she, she literally has two faces. She was nice be kind and then she was like secretly miserable and even to the extent that she was she was not only bullying her staff but trying to bully her guests through like she was bullying her guests on tv yeah yeah so so what's the what's the real the realness okay so she is a pisces rising she is a aries moon so when you're, when you're, that thing that you're noticing with Libras, it's kind of also true for Aries moons, but in a different way, where it's like, cause again, like it's all about duality, right? So like, like Gemini and Sag are, are the same, but of the diff- two ends of the spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. So Libra and Aries are two ends of a spectrum. So she has her, her moon in Aries, which means at the end of the day, she's like motivated by her impulses. She is kind of restless. She just wants to have some fun like she sort of Aries moons are a little bit righteous they're a little bit like whatever who cares now I think she's sort of motivated by conflict too because Aries is governed by Mars like absolutely just walk on that set and be nice she had to like have some sort of interior war going on at all times 
Yes, exactly. Now, what's interesting, so her third house is in Gemini, meaning that the way that she does kind of understanding the world and understanding people is two-faced, but she has her midheaven, her Saturn, and her Mars all in the same place on her in, in Sagittarius. So when you see when you see Saturn and Mars together, it's a bit of an abusive energy. Not for everybody, and it's not a rule, and it can come out in different ways. But she actually, again, this is interesting. We have a big Sagittarius theme here, right? Yeah. All of these monsters have prominent Sagittarius. Oh, so, Casey, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. Casey's on the right side of history. She's young enough that she's going to be the new Sagittarius that emerges after the, the South Node moves through it. That's why she's yeah. not sure what she's going to do for a living yet, because the Sagittarius is still being cleaned out. She's kind of just waiting it out, right? But, but, and that's why she's like, I'm just going to get married and like focus on that because her moon's in Gemini going, just focus on that. And then you can figure out what to be righteous about. Je- Casey's okay. She's young, but the older Sagittarians are getting beat up. So it's not a coincidence that we're seeing the actual downfall of Ellen while the South Node is moving across her legacy. She's getting yeah. called out and that's past it. it- astrologically she has to be drained she has to go because actually the way that she's doing things even if it's for her own self-development and growth isn't going to work now here's the interesting thing you're right about an air sign she's not a libra sun but she has her sun and her venus in the exact same place in the 12th house which is the pisces house in aquarius so why do we see why is ellen so okay with being a jerk because number one Aquarius sun Venus, she almost doesn't even relate to people. She feels above people. She Mm. feels above. So yes, she wants to be on TV because that's actually the only way that she can see herself. 12th house sun, she actually can't really see herself. Her, who she really is, is hidden in her own psyche, right? So she needs that Aquarius broadcast energy so that she even can have a mirror of like who she actually is. Like without, without TV, she literally doesn't know who she is and she needs a staff to be a slave driver for that's that saturn mars conjunction in in sagittarius on her midheaven no she's here to be like she's like an ancient she's like an old pharaoh she's like a mean old pharaoh who's used to just like ruling the kingdom and so she can do that aquarius thing where she like pretends to care about everybody whatever but she doesn't aquarians are kind of like they're yes they're humanitarians because they care about the big picture but they're kind of like heartless. Like they're sort of not emotional at all. I, every time I see, every time I'm about to date someone who has heavy Aquarius in their chart, I stop myself. I say, no, if I want to get texted back, I cannot be with an Aquarius because the Aquarius (laughs) don't give a fuck about like actually on a one-on-one level doing anything to be nice or to care. They, They kind of just feel above it's also ruled by Saturn. It's also a very high status thing. So it's sort of like she, she's her son in Aquarius. She just cares about broadcasting. She just cares about fame. And she really doesn't have a lot of sympathy for anybody but herself. Yeah. You know, the combination of that Aries moon and that Aquarius 12th house sun, she's sort of like, the only thing she cares about is her bank account. You know, it's her moon's in the second house. She cares about her bank account. She cares about getting a rise out of people. She cares about having fun. But I want to say emphatically, she is definitely like a, 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 a sadist. Like, I do think she's, this chart, is, she's a bit of a monster. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so I said I think her future is in late night. What do you think is going to happen next for Ellen based on the astrology? I think Ellen is going to... Um, 
I mean, I think she already has one out. I think she's going to air edge on the side of like design. I think she's going to do more design shows. I think she has one. I think she has a Netflix show out now. I think where it's like Ellen's big design or something, or she picks the next big designer. I think she's going to go. I think that Ellen needs something where it's not just her with, I don't, I think the talk show days are over for her because I think she does need something where she actually is allowed to be the, the bitch that she is. So I do think a show where she's either like a judge or it's sort of like a queer eye thing where she's like going in and being really funny about, but, but I, I knew, I do know that her passion is uh, like real estate and, and interior design. So I think she's going to go the interior design route so that she can actually be the bitch that she truly is and not have to play nice anymore. I could see that. I could a hundred percent see that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I do hope she comes back to TV. I hope she, again, this is like Chrissy. I just want her to be more herself. I want the conversations think, to show through. I think we could see a, a, now that the show's over, I think we could see another stand-up special from her that is a little bit more, because her whole thing has been like, I'm a clean comic, like nothing mm-hmm. dirty, whatever. I think we could see a total flip, especially, like I said, the South Node is is just grooving over her midheaven. So this is kind of a wipeout of her old career as we knew it. So I do think her talent, first and foremost, is stand-up. I think she's an excellent stand-up comic. And I think if she did it uh, without having to do the Ellen show and be this, like... And also because everybody loves the gays now. Like, now she doesn't have to, like, pretend to be anything. I think we're going to get... a complex person. Yeah, like, I think we're going to get a not clean or at least a, a, a different energy, like a bitchier special from her. And I think she's going to go in the area of like show where she's either a judge or show where she is um, able to just be a bitch and yeah. have that be okay. Yeah. But also, shit, I forget what I was going to say. Well, and also as a Pisces rising, she is actually very aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think she's going to go the route of, of design bitch. The other thing is stand-up is a grind and it's hard and it takes a lot of time. So I don't know if she's going to go back to that because I think she is like trying to get just that lazy rich lady life. I disagree. I disagree. I think actually, because in the interviews in the past few days that I've seen of Ellen, the one thing that she keeps saying is like, look, at the end of the day, she has this incredible fan base that supports her. I think she actually, she's not going to grind. She might do like a 10 city tour. I mean, she doesn't need, she doesn't need to open mic things like we do, you know, like she could write her set, do like a 10 city stores, 10 cities tour, stay at the four seasons. And I think she actually needs that, um, live audience validation. Like, I think she needs to be clapped for in public a lot. I also think because the year of coronavirus where there was no audience, I think she might've been bitchier than ever because I do, I do think she needs that audience interaction. I think she really misses the roar of the crowd and the, and the stage lights. And so I think she's going to do a, a small, but epic tour where she works out that special. She's going to sell it. She's going to do a bitchy special and then she's going to be a bitchy design host. Here's a prediction Vegas residency. Ooh! Okay, that actually might make more sense. Right. Because I, don't know I think she she'll... Fly, right. I don't know if she wants to fly around the world, but right. I could see her having something that was like iconic, that upped her status, that allowed her to work her set out. She do, I, I do think she's going to film a bitch special and be a bitch designer, but I think Vegas residency is much more the route versus a tour. That's so right. You're so smart. Thank you. Okay, let's move on to another one of my favorite stories from last week. This blew my mind. Uh, Prince Harry versus Joe Rogan. Prince Harry on Dax Shepard's podcast. So 
Prince Harry went on Dax Shepard. I was really confused about this choice because I was like, <laughs> why Dax Shepard? And then within the first, I know I do too. Within the first three like seconds, Dax Shepard announces that he's going over to Spotify. So it's like, oh, the Spotify people put this together because mm-hmm. Prince Harry's podcast that has one episode and is apparently never going to have one again is on <laughs> Spotify and Dax Shepard is going to Spotify. It opens with Dax and Harry just sort of talking about Joe Rogan and his like stupid vaccine comments the other week. And Harry sort of lightly shits on Joe Rogan. He's like, oh, if you have that big of a platform, you need to be careful, careful, blah, 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 blah. Joe Rogan's also on Spotify. So I would love to see a world where Prince Harry goes on Joe Rogan. I would love Harry on Rogan. Like, I want to say, universe, we're calling for this. Please, God, give us Prince Harry on Joe Rogan. Please, please. We need you here. I don't think it's going to happen. I think, like, clearly... I don't know. I think Harry's actually kind of ballsy. I don't know. I think... I think Joe Rogan is too controversial for him and Megan to associate with mm. just because, you know, they, they like want to keep everything squeaky clean and super like mainstream centrist Democrat related. Right. Uh, so yes, they they do. don't, yeah, they don't want to go anywhere that would mess that up. Uh, Dax. So I, I do like what Dax says about addiction and recovery. I think mm-hmm. it's really interesting. The thing that freaks me out about Dax and that I realized while listening to this podcast he has in common with Harry is the messiness with which they process stuff in real life. Like Dax Shepard and Kristen Bell, are their relationship sounds like a true nightmare. I mean, it's they are sharing – so much i mean i would never they they show too much of like the difficult moments and i get red flag central to me i i feel very like yeah i I hate their relationship although i guess it probably is very like real but i hate their relationship he to me looks like that droopy dog cartoon i find him to be such a whiner i get why he's an addict i wouldn't want to be him either but um i'm an addict we're all fucking addicts i'm not judging i'm just saying i would want to escape my uh, no he is so uncool to me he's so lucky to have the success that he has like he is very lucky i love him in idiocracy i thought that was the perfect role for him he was yeah oh my god you've never seen idiocracy oh dude it's so good what is it it's uh, from the guys who made South Park, and it's about a future when only the dumbest people reproduce and all the smart people die out. And they start they start watering the crops with Gatorade. It's you got it's so good. Okay. And he plays like one of the dumbest people, and it's he's, he does it really well. Yeah, I, I do think him playing a dummy would be would be the only way I might really like him. Right. And the problem I have with the things that him and Kristen Bell say about their relationship is. Obviously, I have no idea what their relationship is in real life, but the things that they say about it really normalize toxic, abusive situations. That's exactly how I feel, Like, too. when I was dating someone who was, like, emotionally abusive, one of the things that I would – that kept me in it was this rationalization of relationships are supposed to be hard work. Yes. And now whenever I hear someone say that, I'm like, no, they're not. Yeah, yeah. No, they're really not. They're I, really I've not that supposed too. to be hard work. I mean, I, I think that when you have relationships that are really hard – you are working out some karma. Like, I think we all have to kind of go through that. Um, but no, I think that, I think you're, I could not agree more. I think that yeah. Kristen and Dax are just glorifying the like worst behavior and trying to make it seem like normal. And I think it's actually so damaging. Yeah. Like they said that they, when they fight, they black out. 
I know. And, and then she said, there was this comment that she made where it was like, at, at a certain point, he said to her, like, if you do this again, I, I will have to leave you. And it was the kind of thing where like, every time they got in a fight, she would basically like wreck the house, storm out and say like the most hateful things to him. And it's just like, you have kids. And even at the beginning of quarantine, they did that, um, they did that like whatever it was. I don't remember who, whose interview it was, but they were like, we hate each other. We've been fighting this whole time. This is a miserable time for us. And it's like, ooh. Yes, yeah, like, but maybe you guys shouldn't be. Ooh, gee, what a bummer. I just, I don't know. Like, obviously, like I said, we don't know who they are or we don't know what they're really like, but it's just saying that stuff and normalizing it just doesn't feel great. But I do think they're kind of a match. I mean, I find her to be pretty, like, uh, annoying too. Like, she, they both are, like, two of my least favorite celebrities. Like, I, I, I think they're both super lucky. I think they're both whiny. And I think, yeah, they both are, like, glorifying just the worst things. I mean, I agree. I like what Dax says about addiction and recovery. And I do think that he seems like a, a, a very real person like it sounds like he's had a lot of trauma and he's you know he talks about his childhood sexual abuse and he talks about why he he went to drugs and alcohol instead of actually dealing with it and there was a lot of pain and I, yeah. I, th- I like that was like the only part of the interview that I liked where he I thought okay across, yeah I thought he came across really well on the podcast yeah. I had never I listened did. to the podcast before and I really actually liked him at the end of it I was like yeah, that, that was, was the, the only thing I've ever watched that I liked him in yeah uh I thought I thought it was good so let's talk about the the Harry versus Rogan of it all. I think it's so funny. So he said that he was spreading misinformation about COVID. Um, and it's just really weird to me because it's like, I don't know, like, yes, Joe Rogan was, but also the royal family is like a propaganda machine. So I'm like, well, so I think that's what it is, though. I think that Harry wants to be Diana's son. I think he is so embarrassed to come from the royal family. I think that he, I think the way that they treated Meghan, the way that they treated his mother, I think he's going so opposite direction that he feels responsible for, like, I think undoing a lot of the way that he was raised or sort of a lot of the the PR machine or that sort of, so I, I, and I also think that he, he's carrying the, I think he wants to continue the Diana legacy of being a humanitarian for real. And so I think that he, I think he would feel like, well, what would, I think he's literally like, what would Diana do? Yeah. And I think. The thing is like Diana's trajectory was taking place. What has, what, what Harry and Meghan have done over three years, it took Diana about 15 years. And like, she had this well of goodwill because everyone knew who she was. And like, it was such a long time that people got to know her and her public image. And with Harry, I feel like, um, this isn't a criticism. It's just an observation. He's going about this very in a clunky way. Like he, yeah. this interview came across as him complaining about how hard his life is, and it's a little bit, yeah, not gonna play well for much longer. You know I, what I mean? Like I agree. He was saying how, like the the woman who co-hosts the podcast says that when Harry's like, oh, I was really lucky in my position. I may have been privileged, but I met a lot of people who weren't privileged. And I'm like, okay, not the same. They have been privileged? Right. Like, and he's like, and the woman who was co-hosting it was like, oh, and you've, right, didn't those people have more freedom than you? And it's like, no, no, 
You've <laughs> never had to work a day in your life. You've never had to pay a cell phone bill. You've never had to go to the DMV. You've never had to do anything. And like, you gotta you even pay taxes. No, they, they like have someone else do it. And like, there's, they, and they, have, just, wealth, they, have, they have more than, they had more than enough money. They don't think about it. Yeah. It's, it's absurd. So it's just like, he and he says that like, you know, they spent about a half hour complaining about yeah. paparazzi and I, yeah, yeah. The miss, I'm like, okay, sure. I'm sure that like the paparazzi is an annoyance, but the thing that you're missing here is like the paparazzi aren't taking photos of you because they genuinely give a shit what you're doing. They're not like, wow, Dax Shepard and Prince Harry are interesting. No, right. it's because they need money. It's because they didn't grow up in a palace. Like they need money. Like they're, the media is being decimated. The yeah. creative industries are being decimated especially now post COVID more than ever before. Think about it that way. And like Dax Shepard pats himself on the back so much for like being successful in a creative field. And it's like photography is a creative field. Do you think that paparazzi want to be stalking Dax Shepard? No, they want to be doing something creative and artistic. Anything else, anything else. Yeah. It's like, it's just so, I can't stand it. It's like the McDonald's of being a photographer. Yeah, like it it sucks. And yes, like the trash, the lowest level, you know it's bad, but like we do pay for it and we do want it. Right. And like n- the news media has been decimated so much that there are barely any pure news photographers left. Like I did understand though, the the issue to me, they weren't I, I didn't think I think the paparazzi thing's crazy. I do understand the feeling of like there should be some boundaries around photographing the kids. Because I think the kids didn't sign up for this. And it is a weird experience. It's, it's probably very scary for a kid, like especially really young kids to be like chased around and then, and then have your pictures splattered places. Like I understand as a parent, I might be like, yo, fine, photograph me. Don't photograph my children. But I also think when you're a celebrity in the United States, that kind of is what you sign up for. So unless you're really going to see this shit, I, yeah, you kind of got to just go with the flow and, and prepare your children for that because you did bring them into this life with you now as a celebrity. And that is part of the business. And there are not paparazzi photos of royal children anymore in the UK. It doesn't happen. Like I also couldn't tell you what Dax, Dax's children looked like if you paid me. So no one's really that interested in Dax and Kristen's kids either. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Like it's, to, to be on that podcast and spend that chunk of time. It was just a long time they talked about it. Yeah, and and Harry says that uh, not letting the press take his picture represents, and I quote, power back to the people. You are not the people, Harry. You are the power. Like, you will never be the people. You will always be the power. You you can't be like, oh, I'm, I'm in the proletariat. And right, right. These paparazzi who probably live in, like, a one-room bedroom with like their- Like Encinito or whatever. Right. Like, it's- you, This is not power back to the They're people. feeding the five family members they live with with one photo. Just let them have it. Yeah, exactly. It's silly, silly, silliness, and it drives me insane. Um, and then, he, you know, he said that he was born in the Truman Show. His, his life is like being in the Truman Show and a zoo, and I'm like, oh, why? Because your job is made up, and you- <laughs> You know, like you, you don't have a real job. You never had to worry about anything. And yes, everything was preordained for you. And I'm sure that sucks, but like, truly you got to talk about something else. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're not a victim here. Yeah. If anyone's a victim, maybe Megan. And like, I I thought the Oprah interview was very 
enlightening and eye-opening in terms of what that life is actually like. But actually, as, as one of the royals, you're, you are taken care of. I mean, if it wasn't for Megan, he may not actually have left his, his, leg, his life at the palace and he may not have, he could still be a humanitarian from the palace. He just happened to fall in love with a woman of color. And so now he gets it. But I don't know if he totally would have gotten it before. I also think though, when we're talking about the paparazzi, what we have to be sensitive to in terms of Harry is that is how his mother died. So I think for Harry- his Mother died because of a drunk driver. Right. Okay. Okay. But, but our, well, I feel like in the story of it though, arguably, isn't it because she was being chased from both sides by paparazzi, but no, it's it's like, no, if the driver was drunk, it was going to go bad anyway. Here's the thing. She never should have been, it's not her fault. She was in a car with a drunk driver, but it's absurd that she was in that position. And that is the Royal family's fault that she didn't have. It was the bouncer of the Ritz Carlton and he was hammered and he drove her and her billionaire boyfriend home. No, that's insane. Uh, They were going Take an Uber. Yeah, they were going really, really, really fast. Yeah. And also, like, I don't know. It it just, it was a terrible situation. And, like, yeah, they probably wouldn't have been going that fast if the paparazzi weren't chasing them. But also, again, the paparazzi have not targeted the royal family since that happened. So, like, on British shores, it does not really happen Mm -hmm. anymore. So It's It's almost like, Harry, if you're going to move to the United States and you're going to, like, do this life, like... Right, he didn't grow up being chased by the paparazzi or like it hasn't happened since his mother's death when he was a kid. And it's like, if you're gonna be in the United States as like a celebrity, as a media guy, right, it kind of is part of the the economy here. And also the thing is like, he talks so much about the press being evil and he doesn't talk about the royal family's huge role that they play in that. Like, you don't want kids to be in the news like that like he's doing we barely know what his son looks like and so it's doable so it's like why not get angry at the elders in your family who pimped you out throughout your childhood because they made a choice you know like they made a choice to have those kids smile and wave and do all that stuff so like it's not just the press being intrusive it's also the royal family playing the game in order to stay in their palaces and keep their gigantic absurd real estate fortune that they only own because they were born from the queen you know like it's insane yeah and the other thing is like when he talks about uh freedom of the press he said the first amendment is bonkers he said freedom of the press and freedom of speech is bonkers and it's like dude well uh not really yeah. And it's, it's just, it makes me mad because once again, he does not acknowledge the fact that in the UK, the Royal family wheels and deals with the press. They make deals. They kind of engage in like throwing each other under the bus for good PR. It's not just that the press is mean to them. You know, it's, it's all a giant chess game that they are very willingly a part of. Mm-hmm. So it just bugs me whenever he gets up like that because I'm like you know I, I I don't know like if it's if it's so terrible then like let's abolish the royal family oh my gosh what I'm such a loser it just I hit 10,000 steps while I was scratching my arm so clearly- oh my god that bathroom break put you over the top it did it did what a good day what a good day incredible very good uh he also used the term human right about paparazzi about him he was saying that it's infringing on his human rights and i'm like google the british empire hair 
Mm-hmm. Let's go yeah. to the British Empire and talk yeah. about human rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a little bit, um, he's not speaking out of turn, but like, he's sort of coming with a, a little bit of a lack of a, it's almost like, I, I feel like Megan gave him this opportunity to take on this like whole different identity because I do think like his whole life, he probably didn't agree with a lot of what was going on. He does seem to be a bit of a rebel and I do have his chart up if you want to guess his stuff, but it's like, I do think that he, I, I, I think Megan, aside from just loving her, and I do think they really love each other. I think mm-hmm. aside from loving her, he now feels a little bit like, it's like, look, okay, to be honest, like my, um, my, X on again, off again, whatever is, um, is biracial. And like, I, like, sometimes I even feel like I can speak for, you know, because I, I have this inside view, but it's like, at the end of the day, like I can only speak for myself and I can speak about what I've seen him go through, but it's like, at the end of the day, like I yeah. cannot take on the identity of a person of color or a, or a, a biracial person because I'm actually not like, I think Harry's a little bit like, well, you see, I'm I'm yeah. my family is biracial and it's like okay but like you're still a royal and you have everything pretty easy you're in you're in your mansion in Santa Barbara why don't you just relax it is sort of endearing just how much he is now talking about like intersectionality and racism yes. like it's really sweet that he has really taken this cause on and that is amazing and and just for the record, I'm Team Meghan and Harry a hundred percent. Like it's it's absurd the way that the the royal family still is run and everything. But um, I I just can't stand when he complains. It's so annoying. It's so annoying. It's a little whiny. Yeah, it's whiny. And I'm like, you gotta pick a new thing. So hopefully when um when the Oprah series about mental health comes out, maybe he's gonna be singing a different tune. But I think it's just gonna be him again talking over and over about like his mental health. And I'm like. Uh, like let's fund mental health services. Let's use some of the family's real estate empire to put more money in the NHS. You know, like when I had, when I was trying to get counseling last year, cause I was depressed. It took like three weeks on a waiting list. I'm like, yeah. Harry, let's tackle that. Totally. You know, yeah. like, there's definitely a resource problem. If he really wants to talk about like helping disenfranchised people, there is a huge resource problem in the area of mental health. Even for like you, you're like a you know a, a middle class white person, and it's right. Hard. So for the people that actually really need uh, mental health resources and that don't have any type of leg up, absolutely make that your cause, please. Yeah. So what what in his chart is making Harry so self? victimizing right now is there some sort of transition that's happening that's causing him to sort of wallow he's been he's been publicly wallowing for like about two years (laughs) right well i I agree i mean do you want to guess his stuff you want me to tell you i know he's got leo in there somewhere because i know him and megan are both pretty prominently leo are they not um he is she's leo he's not leo oh he's not wow no I think he's got cancer in there because he's, he's been proving to be much more emo than we thought. <laughs> so either cancer or Pisces and his mom was a cancer. Mm. I think he is, I think he might have some Aquarius in there because he's definitely making overtures toward having a galaxy brain. He is <laughs> beyond the castle walls these days. Definitely, That's true. Which is cool and great. I think he's also probably got, you know, he's he's got that Drake looking for revenge vibe going on right now. He simply cannot stop 
stinging the royal family. And even though what he's saying is all valid and it's all like he has a right to talk about the way he's been treated, at the same time, I'm like, Harry, like tone it down a little. Yo, Palace. What a couple years between drops. You know what I mean? Like the next <laughs> yeah, yeah. drop. Like, wait until you're on speaking terms with your dad again, then give us some, some more tea because I'm worried that you're going to get written out of the will and I don't want that for you. So, you might have already been. Maybe that's why he's dropping while they're on bad terms because he's like, well, you're not speaking to me. Let me just yeah. get all this out. So all that to say, I think there's got to be some Scorpio in there somewhere. So he is a Scorpio midheaven. His legacy is Scorpio. So for him, this like, this sort of exposure. His legacy is revenge. Yeah. Yes. Poetic. Oh yes. my God. And his Saturn is right there on his midheaven. So he really is taking all of the like hardships of what he saw from the underneath and, and really exposing it and, and getting back at the people who he feels were, you know, wronging him and his, his mother and his, his wife. So yeah, Scorpio, Scorpio midheaven, that is his legacy. Now he is a Capricorn rising, which I do think makes sense as a royal. You know, he would kind of come across really professional and cares a lot about status no matter which way you look at it. Right. Do you think that's why they're still using their titles, Duke and Duchess of Cambridge? Definitely. I think for a Capricorn rising, if you have a status, you keep the status. This was the best tidbit of the interview was at the very end after Harry left and Dax and the co-host Monica are just talking. And she says, Harry's PR said to them, what do you want Harry to call you? And they said, just Dax and Monica. And then they were like, what should we call him? And Harry's PR said, call him Prince Harry or the Duke of Sussex until he tells you not to anymore. Whoa. So so he's really doing this like every man thing, but he wants to be like on record for it. He's still clinging to the status. And he wants you to remember his status, but he'll be the cool guy that tells you just call him Harry. That is, isn't that a little insufferable? I'm sorry. He's like the parent that's like, just call me Deb. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm still going to be like extremely mean to you. Like that's always that parent. That's right. So that has got to be, I guess, a Capricorn rising energy. But the interesting thing is like, I always think of rising as what you become later in life. So that- No, that's more your son. Like you actually become your son, but your rising is actually like who you are first. Like it's kind of like you enter the world and that's like the beginning of your personality. That's like the begin. That's like how people- The rising is like the the mermaid on the front of the, the, you know- cruise ship it's, it's the front of the pirate ship of your life so cruise it's actually what you're leading with from the beginning your rising is kind of like your first draft of personality okay so that makes sense he's sort of leaving that in the rear view so so what else okay so he is a virgo son which is why he's obsessed with mental health and obsessed with complaining and making things perfect and virgos care a lot about things being right things being healthy they oftentimes go down a very negative uh mental path they oftentimes struggle with addiction not because they're going to be addicts but because they, they have to have something that leads them into their mental health breakthrough because they are obsessed with mental health and routines and and purity and righteousness so i think he's righteousness very much- they can be very pedantic in their yes. righteousness yes 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 so i think that he really is living that 
Virgo son life where he's like, I'll tell you how things should be. And it's like, okay. Yeah. And then his it's moon- a little annoying. He's got to chill on. That's the thing. Cause he's just like, it's like, yeah, I was in a Nazi costume 10 years ago, but now I've seen the light and I'm going to tell everybody else what everything is supposed to be. And it's yeah, like, he's still like, it's like you were a prince and you really had no clue. So just wanted you to relax a little bit. Yeah. It's like, come on, just like be a piece of shit. Like the rest of us, like admit that we're all pieces of shit. That's what bothers me. You know totally. what I mean? Yeah, he really doesn't. No, Capricorn rising with a Virgo sun. He actually wants to come across as the expert. You know, that's how he he knows himself to be right, and he's making his life about exposing the wrongs. Right, that is like, severe. There, it's and it's a very severe chart. I mean, but now, no trigger warning again. His moon is in the Taurus. Oh, same as me. Hmm. He is like earth, earth, earth. Yeah, he has all of his major, his sun, moon, and rising are all earth. Holy crap. But it is why, like, if you, like, so earth signs aren't necessarily, like, whiny, but they they do feel, you know, earth is, is physical, right? So they do feel the weight. They feel the pain of earth and of being on earth. They care a lot about building and rebuilding and status and creating like structures and systems. And they care a lot about like luxury and, you know, Taurus and Capricorn care a lot about luxury, care a lot about status. Virgo cares a lot about rightness and righteousness. So I think we are seeing this sort of play out. And, you know, you say why? Well, Uranus has been moving through Taurus and will be for like the next five or so years. And wherever Uranus moves through a chart, we do see massive shakeups, right? Uranus is like the planet of unexpected, famous in Uranus, unexpected shit happening. It's in the, it's in the name of the pod, guys, okay? So mm-hmm. I think as Uranus moves through Taurus, which is also opposite his legacy, we are seeing, it's basically like there's an emotional... Uh, discomfort, but also a breakthrough happening for him. So I think he's feeling like, okay, on the one hand, he hates that, that he doesn't have security from the palace. He hates that they're not giving him money. He, that, the fact that that's not what he's talking about on the podcast is that's really what is upsetting to him. He is so, if I was going to look at this chart and tell you what he's upset, he is deeply hurt that they are not footing every bill and that they are not paying for security for his, for his son and for his wife. That is what he's upset about. I think, yeah. And he's going to be rich. And the fact that that they're not paying him to be him anymore is like the biggest upset of all. So I think a lot of what we're seeing in the things that he's choosing to talk about and the things that he's making his sort of platform now are things that he thinks are going to lead to more success. So I think him picking a sort of centrist Democrat, like uh, we, the people, and I'm one of y'all, I'm one of your people. But I'm not enough one of you to drop the title and like give up my fortune. He's very upset that they're not, no, the money thing is what this is about. He wants to take the palace down and he wants to take everyone down because he's like, uh, I'm, uh, the prince. Mm. Yeah. And that is the biggest like heartbreak and, and of his life. And he's trying to kind of get his footing back. He's trying to get comfortable. Taurus moons without money or security are like, I mean, depressed. Oh, like, hell yeah. First hand. Really I, 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 
Yeah. Oh my God. There is nothing more stressful to me than when I'm worried about money. I cannot. You guys should all buy our merch just to save Molly's psychology. Yeah, please. please. And that's why it drives me nuts that Harry is so whiny because I'm like, me personally, when I have enough money in my bank account to pay my bills, you cannot ruffle my feathers whatsoever. Damn. Like Damn. I am happy. I don't even need to be like that rich. I'm just, I'm good, you know? So that's why I'm like, Harry, how can you not understand that you've got the most stressful thing in life sorted and you have right. since you were born like not having to worry about that well, obviously money doesn't solve every single problem but it solves about 90 percent of them yeah the issue is though, that, like he is a virgo son so virgos very rarely are satisfied with mm, anything so that whininess it's not going anywhere. The more that he becomes himself, it's possible the more whiny he will become because he, Virgos are, are here to edit everything and to fix everything and to be the like martyrs. Like, I think he's going to lean into his martyrdom and lean into his wounds and the psychological pains and the, his like party boy days, because that's like kind of what he's hanging his ego hat on, which is like, I've been through hell and back mentally and I have ideas on how we can fix it. I mean, the key word for Virgo, you won't see this in any book, but from, from, you know, astrologer to the people, I want to tell you the Virgos are here to fix things. They're here to make them better. They want to edit. They want to upgrade. It's they're never satisfied. That's why all my clients are either Virgo suns or Virgo moons because they're like such a pleasure to work with. They all have fat bank accounts because they can work. They're, they're hireable. They're workable. But at the end of the day, it's really easy to coach them because all I need to do is teach them to be like, you know, sort of a little bit nice to themselves. They have to do like gratitude lists and like, you know, maybe just like change, like swap their words out for things that aren't so like hard on them or negative or judge. I think they're so judgmental. They're so hardcore. Now they're the experts. They're incredible craftspeople. They're wordsmiths. Yeah. They're great. They have great ideas about how to fix things, but it's like this sort of like self-hating martyr intensity. They, they, they feel like, like Harry feels like it is on him to save the people. And but it's not like by giving his money away, but not by giving his no. money. Not by no, giving he doesn't feel like he has enough, but no, Taurus Moon, he feels like he, Taurus Moon, Capricorn Rising, he doesn't feel like he has any money. Which is hilarious. And they actually have been trying to do that. Poor mouthing is what my mom calls it, going around saying. That is exactly right. But, yeah. they, but he feels poor. Not having that security for a Taurus moon, Capricorn rising, Virgo sun, he's like, no, that is like the, the biggest heartbreak of his life. Yeah. Racist, fine. Poor, no. Yeah, I do, <laughs> I do think that the, the main reason underpinning why they left the royal family is because they were always going to be second banana to will and kate i think mm. in, in terms of palace treatment in terms of public treatment and i do think the palace really botched an opportunity they should have put harry and megan above will and kate at least for the next few years they should oh, it's so them embarrassing for them it's so bad they should have bent over backwards to make sure the two of them stayed in the family because they were such an asset but they're they just didn't. really racist they just really are racist yeah and they really also they they really do believe in the rank they really right 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 really believe that the person who was born first is better and deserves more yeah. and it's like so and crazy. that's and that's what I think now hearing his chart, it makes sense that that's what pisses Harry off. Not because yep. he's leading hard egalitarian, but yep. because he feels that he deserves it. He personally, Prince Harry deserves it. Not everyone else in the world, just him. And, Absolutely. 
Yeah. I mean, him leaving will probably have a good knock on effect of like people sort of understanding a little bit more of what this institution is all about. And, you know, it's great, but, uh, at the revenge is his legacy. So he, and he will get it. Yeah. Revenge. Wow. And that's the thing. Yeah. He's just and power. Like Scorpio also is like exposing other people's stuff to gain power. So how would you have explained this chart when he was in his glory days of strip poker, which I loved. That was funny. We loved that he did that. Uh, Nazi uniform, didn't love it so much. How would you have explained this chart during those days when he was the good time prince? Well, I mean, he has his Mars conjunct, his Uranus and his uh, Neptune in Sagittarius in the 11th house. So he really is kind of like a good time boy. You know, Sagittarius, Mars in the 11th house. Like he just, he does want to just like have fun with friends. I also think that, you know, one of the things that the earth signs definitely um, reach for are like earthly pleasures. So like an unhealed Virgo definitely could struggle with mental health and could struggle with addiction and could struggle with sort of like wanting to be perfect. And then when they find out they can't just going like, fuck it, then I'm just going to get crunk and, you know, do it the other way. But that's where it's like, you do kind of become more your sun sign. Whereas like, now he's a Capricorn rising. He's a Taurus moon. This guy wants to eat yummy food and drink and party and have fun. He has a gregarious Mars in the 11th house. That's the, the house of friends and parties. So I do think, and also that Scorpio rising, he's kind of like, there's a part of him that is a little bit like a, uh, subversive you know so it's like look at these things i'm doing you know like i I think you know now he's on a power grab and he is gonna get revenge but i think at the time he was like actually i'm just howdy and i can do whatever the fuck i want yeah so what do you think is gonna go what what do you think is gonna happen next for him and yeah just for him not for him and megan let's just keep it focused on harry well i think that the um production company will have a huge focus on mental health. I do think mental health is like his thing. I think that's going to be huge and mental health and mental health awareness and resources and all of that. Now, I don't know. I think at the, at the moment it's not legal, but I do think we are watching the system crumble before our eyes. So I think it's possible. Now, this is a big, this is a big uh, prediction here. And, you know, quote me if I'm right and forget it if I'm wrong. As our system changes, whatever happens to our government and democracy and the party system, whatever, if there was a way for Harry to take public office here, I think he would. I wouldn't put it past him. I could see him being a politician. I I think he'd be a great politician. I would be, I think it would be a disgrace, honestly, like (laughs) if he did, because he's a British royal, he would not be in this position if he- But I think that, I think he would, I think because it's so like, okay, fine, I'm not going to be in, you know, in the palace. I'll go over here and still, I think he does have a little bit of a, I think he does want to rule and to be a power. Yeah. He wants to be equivalent to William and he's pissed that he's not. Yep. So yeah, I think so from a celeb standpoint, my prediction is that I, I've always thought that I don't think that the the content that they come out with is going to be that good because creating good content is very hard. Right. It takes like a life, a life's work of practicing. And he really has not, that's where I I feel that way too. I'm a little bit like, you know, Harry, you don't really know what you're getting into with the media company. It's like one of the hardest things to be successful at. Right. And he and Megan are very thin skinned. They do not like to be criticized. They do not like negative press in any way, shape or form. And they want to cover these complicated issues like mental health. And you can't cover that without ruffling feathers. Oh. So 
I don't know how they're going to do this going forward. I think that the best thing for them to do would just to be would just be to sit there and amass as much money as possible and redistribute it. But I don't think that's their goal. I don't. I don't think, and I also think because he's a Taurus Moon, he's not going to ever redistribute money. Yeah, I don't think this is like, a chart that is a. This is a chart that hoards money specifically. Yeah, and that's what bugs me because I'm like, okay, you guys, if you had a progressive agenda, you could do a lot. You could. Well, that's why they're actually centrist Democrats that are more like old Republicans. And like low key, he does want to help society while building his bank account and keeping the money that he earned. I think that right. I think and that with the, his with his face slapped on it. He does I think the, the levels of yes, yes, with his face slapped on. I, I think the level of upset about not being financially supported by the royals is like beyond. Like I yeah. think that it's like I think we don't even, I think when he goes to therapy, that's what he talks about. He talks about the money and getting his money back and feeling that he was abandoned because of the money. Yeah. I think that sounds pretty accurate. And I think it it seems to be animating everything that he does. And, you know, everyone from celebrities to normal people has been posting and issuing statements on Israel and Palestine this week. It's been a lot. And Gal Gadot is one of those people. And she tweeted a bunch of platitudes about wanting peace and everything. And she was actually once in the Israeli defense. What is it? The IDF? What is it? The Israeli like? defense force. The Israeli defense force. You have to join the army if you live in Israel. Mm-hmm. And what my favorite tweet about this was Aisha Siddiqui, who is a writer. She said, so many people, including Wonder Woman, are completely outclassed by a Taylor Swift stan account yeah and she posted this screenshot of the taylor swift stan account called taylor swift updates and the person who runs the account had said sorry as most of you know i haven't been very active in the past couple of months because i was in prison i'm back now though smiley face more taylor swift updates coming soon (laughs) so like Someone, someone responded to taylor swift updates and said omg why like why did you go to prison Taylor Swift updates responds. I refused to join the IDF LMAO. <laughs> so funny. So cute. So funny. And Aisha <laughs> Siddiqui also said resisting fascism between Taylor Swift updates. This is a person who knows how to live an honest life. That's it's funny. just so funny that this so Taylor awesome. Swift fan account went to jail for refusing to join the IDF. And then when she, and then said LMAO about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, I I will say that I am a Jew and while I am not a Zionist Jew and I am not necessarily pro-Israel, I think the amount of money we give them is crazy. And I think I think that the issue is it's it's such it I, I am so annoyed at everybody being like it's not a complicated issue. It is a complicated issue. And it's a, a it's a it's a centuries long complicated issue. And as a Jewish person, I do feel that the state of Israel and the Jews having a a home is important. I mean, mm-hmm. this was a response to the Holocaust and other than that a response to, you know, again like millennia of being persecuted. So I I understand the the existence of Israel and I understand that in its formation it it was not intended to be a an abusive 
space. It, it was just a place for these people to go after they were let out of concentration camps, right? Now, yeah. we talk about this a lot, or at least I do in my own life, but it's like when we are when we are seeing like governments or people in power, or even just like all of our parents, right? When you are leading or teaching from a place of unhealed trauma, mm. you become part of the problem. So I think that in the issue of the current moment in Israel and Palestine, I think that, you know, what we are seeing is sort of a gross use of power on the part of Israel. And I think that they feel very righteous about it because they are living in a world where they are not, they they don't feel, but they are also like reminded every day and taught that the Palestinians want to kill them and that everybody in the Middle East wants them dead. And so they really, the Israelis really feel like they have to protect themselves. It's maybe the most militant defensive group of people on planet Earth today. Now, the issue is they have a huge, for the, I mean, it's literally, Israel is like the size of Rhode Island, okay? It is, mm-hmm. it is tiny. And they have tons of resources. We are, we are giving them huge amounts of money. That's what I can't stand. So that's the issue. It's like when you have a a wounded person or wounded group of people who are massively wealthy and extremely powerful and advanced and righteous about it, it is, it's incredibly dangerous. And so, you know, I, I think it is a complicated issue. I don't know all the details. I think that if you were born in Israel, it make like, it makes sense to me that Gal Gadot, look, let's let's be real, okay? She's not the brightest tool. She's not, she's not the sharpest tool in the tool shed, okay? She's not the brightest light. The Imagine video, horrible taste. Yeah. Um, Wonder Woman, terrible, okay? So it doesn't matter that she's this beautiful, powerful ex-military Israeli. She has bad taste. She really doesn't pick good movies and she doesn't pick good uh, viral campaigns to spearhead. This woman doesn't know what to say and what not to say. So I think that in this particular moment, even if you are pro-Israel or you are Israeli, the, the move here really is to have actual sympathy for the civilians who are caught in this um, caught in this absolutely horrific uh, violence, right? Yeah. And I think it makes sense that anyone who was born in Israel or has ties to Israel reacts emotionally to this. Certainly. It's, it's just, you know, I'm not Jewish. I was not, I've never been to Israel. Like I veer to the side of Palestine because most people in Ireland go that way because it's mm-hmm. very similar to the way England colonized yeah. Ireland and still occupies Northern Ireland. So totally like for me, that's my emotional attachment, but mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be mad at people who have a, an emotional attachment to their homeland. Well, and then somebody Even else will say, think- well, it's not their homeland. They got there in the forties. It's like, okay, okay, okay. But like, it, it's like, it is an it is an incredibly I mean, even when we're talking about Epstein, I'm always like, you better hope his parents were Holocaust survivors because the kind of trauma you always say that. I always say that because it's like honestly, it's the only hope to forgive him, right? And for, and the Weinstein, it's like I do think the Jewish psychology is really uh, it's difficult because on the one hand, the Jews objectively have like anti-Semitism is very real and and the Jews being persecuted, you know, from the time that Christ was born and even before then was, is, is extremely real. Okay. And so I do think for the first time in 
in in history, like since the beginning of humankind, uh, Israel represented safety for the the Jewish state, right? Now, that being said, you're never really going to have a safe place if it's not created in a safe way. And it's like plopped in the middle of everyone who hates them most. Literally plopped in, right. What the hell was that about? They're not even even wrong that they have to be defensive because, I mean, if you look at like a lot of the Hamas, they're very open to go, our work is to kill the Jews. We want the Jews dead. So, okay, I get it. You know, funny place to move into and try to gentrify. You know, <laughs> uh, I do get that it is that the, it's kind of the only place they could go. I mean, it is it is it, it is a re- technically. The whole- I feel like they would have had a better outcome if they went into go to the south of France. If they went to Germany, they would have had a better outcome. Than right, because the Germans would have been like, we are we fucked it up. We're, except that it happened right after the Holocaust, or right after World War II. So I, I, I think at the time there still was probably a a large amount of like Nazis just living there, like just having a nice life. So I don't know if that would have been the spot, you know, maybe like, maybe, I don't know, like, or just like Eastern Europe, like they could have gone to like Lithuania, go back to the shtetls. Like why do you have to go back to like where you start? Like, what'd you say? New York. Right. Like, right. We, we, we might've welcomed the Jews. Right. So I, I feel like that, like from the beginning of this whole, like let's reinstate Israel as the Jewish home, there was flawed thinking from the beginning. And so, it was carved up by France and England with no consent from anybody who actually was from the Middle East. It's, right. So it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a really like contentious thing to do anyway. And then to go there militarized makes sense. They should be, but it's also like, why are you there? Like maybe don't, maybe just, maybe that's not this move. If you have to move into a new neighborhood where you actually have to like strap like weapons like underneath your coats in order to protect your safety you might not actually be building a solid foundation for the future generations to come it's sort of just like bad real estate at this point right move to palm beach move to palm beach so we solved it thankfully and i think the the way that we can bring this back to our theme is (laughs) i love the Taylor Swift updates person who left the idea so and was fully funny. open about it. I think this is the type of openness and complexity that yeah. we all should be striving for going forward. This right, year. I think it's like such an uh, the humor in the fact that she has this like she's famous for having a super. Li- I mean, what is lighter than a Taylor Swift updates account? But low key. I mean, I will say this though, someone with that strong of a resolve, like someone who, like I I did go on birthright. I was actually very turned off. I mean, I I did find it very spiritual. I I enjoyed pieces of it, but no, the the whole thing is like a propaganda trip. And I was like, uh, this is weird. And I left being like, yo, Israel's crazy. Like there are cute boys at least. Um, I didn't, I did have like, sort of like a a crush on one, but I definitely was too aggressive, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) but there, but no, it's like you meet like Israeli peers and they're on the bus with you and they all have, you know, um, machine guns and you're driving the bus down and you can just like see explosions happening in Syria. And it's like, Oh, don't worry. That's in Jordan. That's far away or whatever. And it's like, Oh, this is like, really, did you watch the WeWork documentary? I told you to watch it. No. Okay. This for anybody that watched the only way that I could describe this guy's just blatant abuse of his power. And the whole thing with the WeWork documentary is he raised more money than any startup ever of all time. And he basically used it all to throw these like massive bar mitzvahs. Like everything became like a WeWork party. And that's kind of what 
um that's what what birthright was like too like we had these like arena days where like they would fill all fill us up in in like a um you know like an arena and they would literally have like fireworks and explosions and like a pop group come out and perform and it was like all like like all this like good fun like it's very like evangelical christian of you guys kind of it's it was like it was like basically like trying to shroud these like actually like covert messages of join the army and and militarize with us because we have the best parties in the world like i'm like oh of course this guy is israeli and he blew all his money on just partying his way to success because it sort of like doesn't totally make sense and if you're really sober and sitting down and thinking about it it's a little bit like hmm, maybe this is like not the best idea right but like they're just trying to like basically like like glitz and glamour and expose it i mean tel aviv rocks it is like miami but better like it isn't it's yeah, incredible but it's like yeah but like you can't really like party your way into ignoring massive human rights violations so i think this is a great moment for i mean i wish that everybody would just take a minute to look in the mirror and see what part they're playing in the hostility and i just think that i think in terms of gal gadot aside from the imagine video being dumb and wonder woman being terrible this woman has been brainwashed like i think if you grew up in israel and you served in the army you have an inherent like code of ethics that you you are taught that you are um, that you are a target and that you're a victim. So mm-hmm. it's sort of like I feel bad. Even I, I don't, you know, I, I in this case I I do tend to be a little more pro Palestine. Only in that like there's just it, it's just sort of flagrant human rights violations happening. And Israel, that it's just so Israel. It's like, oh, you want to bomb us? We'll bomb you triple time. And it's like, oh my, this is why I'm not attracted to Jews because it's like that kind of energy is like not gonna save you let me tell you it's, it's we get anti-semitism after this kind of behavior i am attracted to jews <laughs> that's <laughs> why that's why i rebranded my podcast to ensnare you into it <laughs> i love it i love it well i'm in well thank you all for listening buy our merch molly hates being broke and otherwise we'll see you next week <laughs> yes and everybody summon the open righteous chaos of i refuse to join the idf lmao space trash trash in space Space Trash. Lifestyles, the rich and Uranus. Space Trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. (laughs) Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.